0: What if I told you legal support could be not only affordable but profitable for your small business? Well, it can. Profit from Legal is a new service from Executive LP designed to help small to medium businesses use legal support to become more profitable. For more information, subscribe to the Profit from Legal podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts today, or visit profitfromlegal.com. That's profitfromlegal.com. This is an attorney advertisement. Okay, here we go. Another episode of Marketing Management Money. This is Ryan Murray and Ryan Owens. We are going to uh, walk you through the topic of data-driven decisions today. And this is kind of a, uh, it, it, it feels initially like it's going to be a little bit of a snoozer where you're like, oh boy, data-driven <laughs> decisions. Wow. I mean, you guys picked a winner for, for today's topic. But honestly, uh, in business, this is
1: Super important and most of the time overlooked. Oh, for sure. And and, and the cool thing about this topic, uh, to help it not be so dry and a snoozer, as you put it, is we've got a lot of great examples for this one that I'm excited about sharing. Okay. So I want to kick it off with uh,
0: with one of those examples. And this is, I was working with a company and they were, uh, they were getting ready to, um, hire a, uh, a web development company. Okay. And, uh, and so they, they kind of shopped around a little bit and they settled on this, this company that they thought they're like, look, these guys, you know, these guys are legit. This is what we want. This is perfect. Um, and then, uh, when, when I was working with them, I just asked them the question. I just said, Hey, have, have you gotten any references? Like, huh? What do you mean? I'm like, did, mm-hmm. did you ask them for like other customers that they've built websites for? That they've worked with. Yeah. And they're like, huh, that's an interesting idea. So they they went back to them. And I mean, like the contract was ready to go. They're ready to sign on the dotted line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, you think about a website, it's uh Several thousand dollar investment, yeah, and that's usually to to kind of kick things off. Like this, this, this was significant to this small business, and so, um, you know, they're getting ready to sign on the dotted line, and uh, and they asked they're like, oh, by the way, can can we get some references? Well, the company was kind of standoffish and a little bit put out and they're like i thought we were ready to go like why are you you know, are you backing out? or you, you know is something wrong and they're like no 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 we're just you know we we like we met with one of our advisors and he said that he wanted to see some references and uh, sure. you know and and anyway um they uh, they struggled to produce quality references like you know uh, really yeah and two of the references that they that they came up with were uh references that were kind of like like their own businesses in in, in a sense. Like yeah. they they had kind of a little bit of a of a stake on it. And, yeah. and so it wasn't it wasn't really this kind of third party uh situation. Right. And, you know, and I looked at it and I'm like, don't don't, don't go with these guys. Like, this is a bad situation. And so, you Mm -hmm. know, they, they, they backed out. Um, obviously they got the, you know, the lashing, the verbal lashing of, Oh, we spent all this time on you. And you know, you just were dragging us along. Like, don't, don't be intimidated if someone's getting mad, especially if they're not holding up their end of the deal, but you know, they backed out and, uh, they went with, you know, it was their number two choice. And uh, and they did the same thing. They went to them. and they said, hey, uh, can you provide some references? They're like, yeah, we're happy to. And it was like yeah. almost immediate, <laughs> you know, yeah. and and they were able to get on the phone and, and, and call these people up. And they say, hey, what's your experience with working with them? Uh, you know, mm, it, very good. It, it was positive. And they went ahead and moved forward. And so when we're talking about data-driven decisions – we're not always talking about, hey, you need to, you know, bust out the spreadsheet and right. you, you need to have, you know, understand algorithms and how to compute them. Yeah. You know, like data is just getting reference points. Right. And, you know, in this example, it was like, hey, get some reference points of are, are these guys legit? Are, are they worth doing business?
1: You know? Yeah. It doesn't matter necessarily where. uh where these where this data ends up, right? If it's if it's in your own brain and that's how you want to roll, fine. I mean ideally you it's better to kind of have notes and especially if you have a management team or something like that, so everybody can review what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. But if if it's something as simple as talking to uh you know some customers or what or what have you, then then that's that's good, right? Yeah. And I, I think it's really interesting, uh super telling uh that this first company was kind of put out about being asked about references when when people get defensive it's it's an indicator it's not necessarily always true but it's an indicator that uh, you've put them on their heels right Mm -hmm. that this isn't going in their favor anymore and so they're they're ticked off about it they're not going to let this they're, they're not just going to open the doors and be like, actually, uh, you're going to be our first customer. You know and, what I mean? And, and you know, the, everyone has to have a first customer. There's nothing wrong.
0: You know, if you say, hey, I need references and they're just like, I'm going to be honest with you. We're just kind of starting out and, you know, we don't have a lot to go with, but they should offer something in return. Like they should offer, you know, a money back guarantee or, right. you know, significantly discounted or something like that right. to, to make up for the fact that there's like, we can't produce the necessary data that, that you want. You're taking a risk on us. So therefore we're going to mitigate that risk somehow.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you do that in all kinds of scenarios in your life, right? Whether you're buying a home, whether you're looking at different schools to send your kids, Mm -hmm. you you look for all of, like you said, you look for all of these reference points to be able to make better decisions based on the more reference points, the better. Yeah. Unless you get stuck in analysis paralysis. (laughs) Wait, we're going to save that part for the end though. I I was going to (laughs) say, we're going to get
0: into that, but let's, so let's still keep it on the up and up side for a second.
1: No, I actually really love this, this topic. I've been in so many different scenarios in my life. Um, and especially in small business, as I've consulted different, uh, startups or small businesses, it's come up often, you know. Yeah, at what what point do we kind of draw this line, right? Yeah. How how far do we go in in gathering data before we make these decisions? And uh, before you even go there, I, I I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you for a little loop here for sure. a second. All right,
0: what types of decisions should we use data for in the first place? Everything. Uh, yes. <laughs> Everything. And, and the reason why I want to go here for just a second, and then I'm going to let you go back to it, but I, I'm, I'm just going to bring up this one example that uh, I was working with another company and they had a graphic designer and we went through and we showed the graphic designer how to use data To make sure that their brand was consistent. Mm -hmm. And and it was data points of, okay, are you using the correct fonts? Are you using the correct colors? Are you using the correct size? You know, are you consistent throughout? And all of a sudden, their brand... It dramatically improved because they were using data. And that was a graphic designer. That's not, yeah. you know, you think, oh, graphic designer, it's creative. It's not data. No, there's still a data side to it. So I just wanted yeah, to no. point that out.
1: No, I, I'll, I'll let you jump back in. No, I'm glad they did because that's that's exactly kind of where I was going to go with this. is like there has to be this shift, essentially, mm-hmm. right, in in what we perceive as data, right? Like that's. Kind of how you open the episode. It's not always just about crunching numbers through formulas in an Excel spreadsheet. Right. It's taking these reference points and and evaluating them. You know how valuable is this? How credible is this? Sure. Um, how much weight do I want to place on this point? And and then making decisions based on that. I was working with a startup that was in the um, wedding registry kind of a a world, right? Wedding,
0: okay, you got to be a little bit more clear because when you say wedding registry, I don't picture a company, I picture a service that like major retailers offer.
1: So this was kind of an in-between to make it really easy for people attending Uh, a wedding or any type of, it didn't, it didn't actually,
0: they did all the legwork on the registration. So you could figure out what gifts to get them. Yeah. And
1: you'd be able to link it to different, different big companies who, who also had their own individual registry. Right. So you could take all of this and just consolidate it into one. And then the other side of it Mm -hmm. was that that's an interesting idea. Yeah, and the other side of it was that people who were wanting to buy things off of the registry or donate money or or what have you, um, again whether this was for a wedding or, or otherwise, they were able to do it in in a much more personal way rather than just being like go to www. am gonna buy stuff. dot com and <laughs> click buy and then it shows. From Karen and George, yeah, you know what I mean, right? So they were able to personalize this online purchase okay, or this okay. online donation kind of thing. Yeah. It actually was pretty cool. But when they were starting out, as they're gathering their data points, like, do we have a target market here? Is this what our target market wants to see? So when when they first started out, they were actually, um, I ca- I can't remember exactly what they were doing. It wasn't it wasn't that though. And as they went out and were gathering these data points, they ended up pivoting mm-hmm. hard and came out with this, this new type of a product because of that decision, because of those decisions to go through and reach out to some of the people that they had already worked with, some of their current customers or people that fit the demographic that they believed would be in their target market. They were able to save themselves a lot of time and money and probably save their business ultimately, right? Yeah, yeah. And we see that time and time again, where if you take the time and do it right, I mean, we say that all the time. If you take the time and do it right, it can have a massive positive impact on your business. If you don't take the time and do it right, it can have a massive <laughs> negative <laughs> effect
0: on your business. Well, uh, and here's what I love is, you know, you talked about how the data forced a pivot in the company. We just finished the last two episodes that we did in our podcast series were on reasons why businesses fail and, you know, yeah. pivoting wrong. Was you know I mean that's that's one of those top reasons and you know so as you're sitting here and you're just like or, okay, or not pivoting yeah well and I kind of summed that up when I was saying pivoting wrong is I'm just like okay pivoting early or not pivoting or sure. you know yeah. pivoting too hard or mm-hmm. you know and or too late yeah <laughs> blockbuster Hollywood <laughs> no, video no no no, no. that's uh, that those are still viable businesses My, MySpace <laughs> and and so. <laughs> you know when you look at the data the data should force change in your company or should confirm that you're going to stay the course yeah and so when you're when you're looking at these data points it should kind of make you uncomfortable a little bit where you're just like oh i guess that's what we should be doing huh okay you know we're we're going to do this a little bit differently in fact us recently, I'm going I'm to make it personal. You said at the beginning, we're going to show lots of examples. Yeah. Well, I'm going to use us as an example here for okay. a second. So we've been doing our podcast show for, oh my goodness, for a year and a half, two years. A year and, and, a, yeah, year, year and a half. Yeah, yeah. year and a half. Roughly. Yeah. So we did, the, uh, we did the first year of the show and we had a format. And after doing, uh, you know, talking with some of our listeners and our audience and kind of getting some feedback, Mm -hmm. uh, we decided to update the format of the show based on specific information that we were given. And as a result, uh, we had more engagement because people could kind of pick and choose how they wanted to consume the show. And and so, you know, it was a data driven decision and and by data, you know, I mean, we're, we're sitting there, you know, like counting tick marks, zeros and ones or anything crazy like that. It literally was talking to the customer and saying, Hey, what is it that you want? And then it was talking to others in the industry, other podcast hosts and saying, Hey, what's worked for you? And then marrying the two into yep. something that, you know, made sense for what we were trying to accomplish.
1: Yeah, and it, and it refined what we do. It put us on a better plane. Mm-hmm. And we're so, going to have to do that again oh, yeah, in, in for sure. a
0: year or two. Yeah, I don't know when, you know, but we'll uh, we'll keep refining well,
1: that. And, and for a number of reasons, right? And I believe this is universal to all small businesses or startups or, or what have you. Again, using us as the example, as we grow and change and and modify our outlook on, on business by working with other small businesses and things, the old ways of doing things may not fit what we evolve into. And the same goes for our customer base as things happen in the world and whatnot, as our customer base changes and grows, then our current format may not fit them. Yeah. And that's the way it is in business as well. You got to have your finger on that pulse of your market. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it's a living, breathing thing. I I love that phrase or that analogy. I think it's so on the nose.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I want to talk about data
0: in sales. So a lot of times people think that sales is just, you know, you go in, you get it done. You've got to have that sales personality. And there's a lot of truth to that some people you know they naturally excel in a kind of a sales mm-hmm. environment right uh, they enjoy it they enjoy the challenge of closing the deal mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of data that can go into this and so if you have a sales team that's not the your traditional salesperson, you know they don't have that stereotypical where they're they're just kind of almost annoying in your face, mm-hmm. you know, aggressive type sales personality, which that's not a common personality. You know, most people that are on a sales team are more like, ah, oh, you know, I just kind of like to, to talk to people. I, you know, I don't want to mm-hmm. pressure them into the sale. And, and I'm like, there's a lot of value in, in incorporating data into this strategy enough value that I'm going to just call this out as its own little mini episode inside of the episode. I know (laughs) it's a first, (laughs) but the importance of using data in your sales process, because there is a, there's a process that resonates with your customers. And so if you have a sales team, or you're over a sales team, or you are the salesperson, look and see what the interaction was like. And And take notes, you know, every interaction that you have and look at it and look for patterns and look for things that you can duplicate and, and just keep refining and refining and refining. And you will find that you're going to spend less time trying to be super aggressive and you're going to spend more time understanding what is really going on. Now, technically, all I'm describing here is the sales funnel process. Yeah. And I'm saying, okay. And refining that. Yeah. Refining that sales funnel process. If you start with a certain number and then, you know, like that's going to be your leads is this is how many people uh, we're going to reach out to. And of those people that we reach out to, I'm going to get a small percentage that are going to, you know, come back and, and be interested. Yeah. And so, you know, like if I'm doing a, a cold call uh, email campaign, I would expect to see about one to 2% that's going to replace to those emails. And so if I send 100 emails out, I get one or two that say, oh, okay, I would like to learn more. If I send 1,000 out, then I should get 10 to 20 that say, oh, okay, I would like to learn more. Mm -hmm. And then the follow-up is, okay, now I'm going to engage with these people. Well, of those 10 to 20 you know, if I'm doing a good job of closing, then, you know, maybe I'm going to close six of them. And so I send a thousand emails out. I get 10 to 20 responses. I follow up directly with those 10 to 20 and I'm able to close six of them. And it's not that I'm pushy. It's just that I've narrowed it down to who's interested in what I have to offer. And I mean, this same process works if you want to use social media. It's like, okay, how many posts do I have to put out there and how much engagement do I have to get on my posts? And from that engagement, Engagement, how much follow up do I have to do? And then how am I able to close it? And it becomes a numbers game. And if you can calculate right. it, then you just plug in whatever number you want. You're like, oh, okay, I've got to post 17 times before I will get someone who wants to engage with my company or, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm just making yeah. up numbers on the social media <laughs> right. thing, but, right. uh, you know, like, like that's what it is. It's a numbers game.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it, is a numbers game. I love how you broke that down. There are two things. Number one, you definitely do not want to get stuck in analysis paralysis. That is so easy at this point in the game, especially with your nerd like me that, you know, you start to get a hold of some of those numbers and it's like, yeah, now we can make some real decisions. And it's like, oh, mate, but I can make an even better decision if I just have this little extra chunk of data. And so we're going to go out and get that. And then it's like, ooh, but wait, if I do this, then maybe I can understand this piece of my target market that I don't yet mm-hmm. while I'm doing this. And it's like, OK, so we're going to go out and get that. And six months later, it's like, wait, 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 wait. I have one more thing. <laughs> just one. You know what I mean? Right. And so it. it I mean, not everybody's that way, just like not everybody's your stereotypical type of a salesman, but that's still regardless of whether you have that tendency or not. It creeps in. It does. And you want to be aware of it, right? Um, And I love how you talked about different percentages of or potential percentages of of closing in a sales funnel, right? Mm -hmm. Moving customers from one stage to the next. And, And I think this ties in really, really well To the analysis paralysis piece, Um, at least it's it's something that, as I've worked on it, has been a game changer for me. Is you know you have this one, you send out a hundred emails, you have these one to two, this one to two percent that gets back with you, and you're like, yeah, we might want to do something. Being able to take those one to two responses or the one to two percent and move them to the next level and see what happens, and then making decisions to adjust your process based on what you find happens Mm -hmm. um, to be able to turn that quickly will keep you out of analysis paralysis. Yeah. But you also need to not just fly off the handle and be like, Oh, we got one response back. They said they didn't like it. So we're changing everything. You know what I mean? And so it's a matter of, okay, let's get some meaningful, some meaningful data behind this decision you know, you may have three or four responses come in and you may have a suspicion. That's like, Oh, we should probably change this. So we'll get a few more points. Once you confirm that, then make, make it happen. Right. Yeah. And then you'll find out, did it work? Did we make the right move? Because then your next couple of responses will come in and they'll confirm it or they'll, they'll say, Whoa, 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 what are you doing? You know what I mean? For me, what that does is not only does it mitigate the analysis paralysis piece because you have to keep moving right as long as you're conscious of the fact that you need to continually improve your process and change then it it keeps you out of that space but also it will um it'll show you any in psychology it's called confirmation bias right Mm -hmm. it'll show you any of these points where you're you're finding the answer that you want to to find and that's actually a big problem with some of these data-driven decisions is in small business, we know how we want it to go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We know what we want. We know how we would solve our problem, but that's not necessarily how our customers would want their problem solved or would solve their problem, right? Yeah. But oftentimes we can find false answers to our problems because that's what we're looking for. And right. so we, we essentially call out to the universe and you say, you say, give this to me. This is what I want. <laughs> the, and the universe the is like- power of intention. Yeah, right. The secret. <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, confirmation bias is a thing. Like you subconsciously will do things that cause you problems and you'll find that out quickly. Right. And so staying out of analysis paralysis by continually moving, continually, uh, trying to gather data points, but also improve on what you do will, will save you a lot of grief and heartache. So, so I want to touch on something that, um,
0: first off, uh, for the most part, I don't recommend this for like ninety-two percent of uh, entrepreneurs. Out Perfect, there. I know. Let's uh, document it. Then. But, but but I think that's important to uh, to point it out for two reasons. One, it's a prime example of how to test uh, against analysis paralysis and so make sure you're not getting caught up in that. Okay. And two, uh, to let businesses know that this is a difficult tool for small businesses, and that's pay per click.
1: Oh, jeez, yeah. Okay. So
0: I don't endorse pay-per-click for most small businesses, right? Uh, it's not a bad form of marketing. It's a very like, you know, we're talking about data-driven decisions and we're over here saying like, you know, go ahead and get a couple of referrals and, uh, you know, talk to your customer and find out what they want, you know, and kind of just jot it down. Like uh, there's so much more scientific than that. And the problem is is that businesses go in and they don't understand the full science behind it. It's, right. it's very complicated and very difficult to dial that in. Now, those who are able to dial it in, it can be very effective, but you can't dabble in it. And, right. <laughs> and, and, the, and the reason why I, uh, I'm bringing this up as an example is because – I think it's a great way to look at, you know, whether you really are doing data driven decisions or not. So if you've ever done a, a PPC campaign, uh, it'll slap you in the face and let you know if you are really using data or if you're just kind of out there guessing. And and so it's it's good in that sense, but yeah. it's it's a little bit more advanced than you know your average if you are very analytical uh you know if if you enjoy that challenge if you have the aptitude
1: for that uh, and you want to research a bunch yeah Yeah. on on what all of the algorithms are and how they're they're constantly changing, right? Right, and 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 if you've got the patience to fine tune and and
0: spend the time on it, you know this is a yeah. this is a long game uh, yes. type approach. And so so that's kind of what I'm thinking about with analysis paralysis. But here's the correlation that I want to bring in, and I'll kind of wrap up my thoughts with this and that is that. So with analysis paralysis, you know, when you've got pay per click you're getting immediate feedback of how much money you're losing. And so mm. it's telling you to your <laughs> face, oh, that sucked, that sucked, that sucked. Yeah. And, and, you know, and you can burn through your, you're just like, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to do, a, you know, a conservative $500. And it's like <gasps> gone. Whoa, I thought that was conservative. I mean, like you can burn through money on, on PPC really fast, right? Yeah. But think about it this way. The same thing applies. You just don't get the immediate response of if you are not making data driven decisions in your company as a whole, you're burning through that kind of money and not realizing it. Yeah. You know, every time you're making a poor decision because you were too lazy to actually test the market and see if customers like what you offer, every time that, you know, you hire someone without really doing your due diligence to see if they know what they're doing, Mm -hmm. every time that you gloss over your P&L and your balance sheet and don't take the time to analyze that, you're failing to make a data-driven decision. And it's the same thing as the PPC. Is you're just like taking some money and throwing it out the window. And you're like, eh, yeah. I don't need this thousand dollars today. <laughs> yeah, you know? and, and and those Absolutely. things add up. And at the end of the year, you've wasted fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollars. You know, I mean, and 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 it adds up that quickly. And so, so that's kind of what I'm going to wrap up my thoughts with is to just say, look, take the time. Yes, it's a little tedious but it's so worth it and that's what successful companies do
1: absolutely and so for me the the advice that i would give to small businesses who are looking at you know improving their decision making processes is start with where you are right start with yeah you know what how how what's your current process for making decisions and then Look for the ways that you currently gather your data points, whether that's completely uh, numerically and quantitatively, or if you're on the opposite end of the spectrum and you're qualitative through and through, right? Mm -hmm. Identify how how you uh, go through that process. And then I would take a serious hard look at how you can tap into, like, how you currently tap into your target market. What sales have you already made? And can you complement a quantitative process with a qualitative process or vice versa? Or do you need to bolster one or the other? Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and I love the fact that you point out that they're both important. They are. They absolutely are. You can't ignore one or the other. And there's not one that trumps the other. Absolutely. Um, there. Yeah.
1: That's a whole other episode, right? right. There. <laughs> a whole other conversation <laughs> for sure. Um, and the last little tip that I'm going to throw out there before we wrap this thing up, because this is, this could go on for a while. Sure. This is gold. Um, we are, I feel like I could speak for both of us here. I especially, we are big fans of the soft launch, right? Oh yeah. And so if you are, if, if you're in any, if you feel like you want to move and you, you don't want to wait for more data points, so you're not stuck in analysis paralysis or for whatever reason, if you feel like you need to, get something going without fully committing consider a soft launch of sorts sorts, whether you know it that doesn't necessarily have to be a product or a service that can be a decision right Mm -hmm. we're going to change our pricing structure okay we're going to put something together we're going to reach out to this one customer who is acts sort of as an advisor and get their thoughts Right.
0: We we want things like that. We want to hire this guy, but we're gonna contract with him first for a couple yes. weeks. Yes to give him a
1: project to do. Yeah. See how he turns it around. And
0: the soft launch. That's yeah. smart. So I like it.
1: Anyway, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We love it. We love being able to have conversations that you guys value and get something out of, because we certainly do as well. So I mean, please feel free to reach out to us. Keep letting us know what you guys think about these, any questions you have. We'd love to address those, do episodes and such and and subscribe if you already haven't and we will catch you next time. Take care.